Hello, everyone. You're listening to the 805 Uncensored Podcast, hosted by two leftists, recorded on Chumash land. This podcast covers a host of topics from music to politics, news, and spirituality, issues both in the 805 and ones affecting the 805. There are no limits, which is why we're uncensored. So welcome, follow us on your podcast, social media platforms of choice. In this episode, we're excited to welcome Amy Brady. Hi, happy <laughs> to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you. Can you brief- briefly just introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, your favorite aspects of punk rock and music in general? Yeah, um, like I said, my name's Amy. I am from Northern California, so like 45 minutes north of Sacramento, kind of like in farm country, nowhere land. Um, I'm co-owner of Allegedly Records, Punk Box, um, Beyond the Pit, which is kind of morphing into a PR firm. It started out as just reviews and publishing. Um, I used to own a booking and promoting company with my husband called Middle Mountain Music. And that's pretty much about what I do. (laughs) Um, My favorite aspects of music. I mean, I guess if we're talking about punk, I would say it's the community. The punk rock community i fucking love it i mean i've met so many of my favorite people just from music music in general i would say probably my favorite aspect is like how it can evoke memories or like take you back somewhere you know you listen to a song and suddenly it's october 2001 you know and your all these memories come flooding back um that and just how it can you know make you think and and evoke feelings yeah i would totally agree you know a lot of my memories are definitely attached to songs that i heard yeah so i've always yeah for sure (laughs) yeah and smells too songs and smells yeah yeah that's another really good one heather do you remember or can you um recollect some of your biggest memories that are attached to songs as well yeah i mean i think uh it's funny that you mentioned smells because w- one of my uh like weirdest things is whenever i'm like baking like a cupcake i always remember this episode of days of lot of our lives that my mom was watching and i think <laughs> of the song and i think of the episode <laughs> and, and it's like the smell yeah and it's attached to the the theme song and just like the act of like doing the cup i don't even remember it was like i must have been visiting her and we were like baking and watching the show or something Um, yeah it's all intertwined (laughs) but i was also thinking about how like my cousin uh before he went into the marine corps he was in a, a punk band and now that he's out of the marine corps and he's like a nurse and you know in a relationship regular job not in the band anymore but every time like you know we talk about a song it turns into talking about all the memories of when he was in the band um and so it's that same thing that connection uh between the music and the memory yeah 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 i think that's super awesome so can you talk more about allegedly records what your label centered around and what type of musicians work under it yeah, absolutely. Um, we are very like family oriented, I guess it's the best way to say it. Um, we, we kind of sign bands that we know that we're going to get along with. We try to like, you know, talk to them a bit first and see if it's a good fit. 
obviously, you know, we have to like their music, but that's almost as important as like making sure that our values are aligned and we all get along. Um, you know, we're not going to be best friends with all of them, but we are pretty tight knit um, within the label. Um, we kind of founded ourselves on putting the artist first. Um, we don't make any money. Uh, I don't think we ever really plan to. Um, we just want to put out music that we love and help get these bands out in the world and just kind of doing our part there. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. How, how did you get involved working in the music industry? I kind of, I, I mean, since I was a little kid, I always knew I wanted to work in music. Um, I remember asking my mom when I was I don't know, like four or five, where songs came from. And I remember her telling me that somebody, you know, someone writes a song and they put music. And I was like, wait, wait, somebody like just writes a song. Like I'm learning to write in school right now. Like I could write a song. Like anyone can do this. <laughs> and so that always, that kind of like, that was kind of like a turning point in my mind. Like I always just wanted to work in music. Unfortunately, I don't have any talent in music. I tried, I just, it's not there. Um, so I had to kind of like find another way to force myself in. Um, through high school, I wanted to do like music journalism um, and then ended up getting married young and having kids and that got put on the back burner. So when I started the promoting in the shows, it was just with my husband. We just wanted to bring more music to our area, which turns out people don't want to hear our music around here. They want to hear karaoke and country music. So that kind of, that kind of faded right as I was getting into allegedly. So allegedly came first and then punk box and the pit. So can you kind of expand for us like the work that you do? Um, at Well, allegedly actually all of them, the, um, yeah, the, I've got the list here, but you can expand for us. <laughs> what you <laughs> sure like the work that you're you're doing um mostly i do social media marketing pr kind of stuff um for all three of them um with punk books i also do the purchasing so i reach out to bands and like for brands or whatever and be like hey i think you have cool stuff you know let's make a deal put it in the box um or they'll reach out to us and uh sometimes bands donate stuff but usually we you know, we're happy to pay. We that's another one where we don't make any money. It all goes back into the box. But but we do try to pay where we can. We want to support the bands. Um, and then with Beyond the Pit, I I kind of have a passive role there. I just really do the social media, and my other two partners um, do all the writing. But as we kind of transition into like a PR company, I'll obviously take a more active role. I'm in school right now for like artist management and um, music marketing, so. I'm hoping to be able to kind of like put those skills to use once I get them. <laughs> and then which uh, musicians or bands would you say have been really influential for you? Um, and can you tell us a little bit more about kind of, I mean, I know we're talking about punk, but do you have like specific bands and what about, what about either them or the music genre in general that has stood out to you? Yeah, um, I'm I kind of like into the Epitaph and Fat Records 90s skate punk sound. Um, so a lot of the bands like Bad Religion, No Effects, Lagwagon, No Use for a Name. Those are some of my favorites. Descendants, I grew up loving Beastie Boys. Um, and I think what it really comes down to for me is 
lyrics like you know a, a good beat's great but lyrics that speak to me are are the ones that i take notice of and the ones that stick with me and have a lasting impression on me yeah i think that's super cool uh, lyrics are also my favorite aspect of music you know, punk rock has yeah. always been highly anti-authoritarian and anarchist by nature. Has mm -hmm. the anti-status quo messaging inside the genre impacted your your political development? And if so, how? Oh, for sure. Um, I live in a very conservative area. I have, I've grown up with conservative people and have family um, whose values I don't necessarily agree with. Um, and I don't think it's that... I would listen to something and be like, oh, they're telling me to do this. So this is how I have to think. I think with punk rock, it's more just that it gets you to think and it gets you to kind of consider other ideas. Um, so I think that's probably been the biggest impact, but I do, I'm definitely way, way more left-leaning than 99% of the people I know around here. Yeah, I know Northern California northern and kind of the the inland yeah <laughs> yeah outside of the bay area <laughs> can be a little difficult yeah can people like are like oh california you must be this and that and i mean i am but i'm like that's not what my area is i mean we yeah. could just as easily be in you know texas or whatever yeah yeah wow. it's such a such a good point to make because people really do just lump the entire state of California as yeah. being left wing, and it's not true yeah. at all. And even like, like I am not the, in the California, you know. <laughs> even in like San Francisco, it's basically it's basically just neoliberalism. It's not like yeah. communism. It's not like anarchism. <laughs> right, right. Not just, not just like politically either. Like I feel like so many people here in California, and they assume you're either like a tech, you know, like a tech millennial or a surfer. Right? Yeah, <laughs> or you live at the beach. But but what did you just describe a minute ago? Like people want country music, cowboy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, that is a big, big, uh, a big style of California that I think a lot of people just they do not even know. Absolutely, I had somebody ask me one day what it's like to wake up and have it be seventy five degrees and sunny every day, and I was like, I don't <laughs> fucking know. It's one hundred and ten here today. <laughs> That sounds great. I don't know. <laughs> we don't even get that here. We don't even oh, no? Get here. No, we don't even get that yeah. here. No, not anymore. We're all, we're yeah. all like Brad Pitt's neighbor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are so just then, independently wealthy and hang out at the beach all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's always been a clear shift in social media in the last few years. Um, it's it's clearly been monetized and, and become more of a pay to play mm -hmm. system. When when formerly social media, you know, was a way content creators could use it as a way just to get the word out about their work that they're doing. Have you seen this? And if so, what are you seeing on your end with the issue of social media to share the work that you produce? Yeah, absolutely. It is incredibly difficult to use social media as um, I mean your main marketing platform, which it is. You know, there's not a lot of the other ways that people used to do things are kind of dead. Um, right. But I do, I spend a lot of time like researching and just kind of trial and error um, with what I post, when I post, um, which platforms I post at what time. 
Um, I'm always messing with my Instagram stories because I've noticed on my personal account and I have like half the followers, probably less than half the followers that allegedly has, but I'll get like two, 300 views on each story I post, whereas allegedly we'll get like 50 if it's a good day. And that is nothing other than just meta bullshit pushing down posts. So I try, I, I kind of have this little system I've worked out where I, I'll post, you know, I'll post allegedly things and punk box things, and then I'll mix in personal things so people still look at them and they're not all just like, uh, it's just advertising. Um, and then once it hits like 100, 150 views, I delete it. So it kind of pushes the next one up. But it really sucks that we have to do that. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it should be, you know, if you follow someone because you're a fan, you should be able to see the stuff that they post. We had somebody recently too, like, what do you even do for your bands? I've never seen you do anything on social media. And we were like, we, we post every day. We have a social media person. Like you're just not seeing it. And that's, yeah. it was irritating, but it's not really his fault. And that's, in, that's, that's increased too with like across the spectrum of social media. It used yeah. to be like Facebook and instagram that were the worst and now it's like twitter i mean twitter i don't see anybody's posts anymore it's yeah crazy. No. All I see you can't are, even are see ads. <laughs> and, and yeah you never see posts from people that you follow anymore yeah i left uh twitter when musk took over so i've been and i was never really on there before but yeah so i don't really know how that one went tiktok though um tiktok's kind of a no man's land when it comes to algorithms like well, we'll have a video that will yeah we'll have a video of like you know my partner brie shoving fries into her mouth and it will get five thousand views and we're like why <laughs> i know why I know. is that what you're watching <laughs> all my shit always goes viral when i don't even try and i just post like garbage yeah and i actually try yeah. to get something you know yeah that i put my heart and soul into and it gets like what four fucking likes <laughs> <laughs> so frustrating <laughs> So can you talk more about the bands that fall under your labels? Um, we were especially now expanding uh, and really doing a lot more musicians lately. I feel like this is our third in a row uh, oh, interview okay. with uh, like a music related um, topic. And so we would love to uh, know more about some of the bands that you guys are working with now. Sure. Um we have a couple of ska bands on there. We're mostly punk, but we have a couple ska ones. Um, so we have Amy Gabba and the Almost Famous and the Skluts, and they're both just like really great bands with really strong female vocalists. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, they're a little bit different than most of the other stuff we have. Um, then, you know, kind of under the more poppy spectrum, we have um, Paperback Tragedy. They remind me very much of like the old like 90s fat records stuff um a lot of their stuff like i listen to and i hear like nerf herder and well, i know they're not fat but um like lag wagon and stuff um then we have a muse which are kind of broken up but not really broken up but one of them moved so hopefully they're kind of getting back into things um first Sorry, something popped up on my phone. No, um, we curse lost words you are, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> curse words are a fun, just like party band. Um, 
Idle Minds kind of like if you're a fan of Pennywise, you would like Idle Minds or like mm, Descendants. Yeah. Yep. Um, am I forgetting? I'm always forgetting someone. Oh, the Snips. They're like all dads. They're they're that's their theme. They're dads. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so we have you know we don't have a ton. We just just lose a few. Um, I don't know if you guys maybe know Last Point because they're from your area. They broke up. Yeah, I've had them on um, the show. I thought so. I thought that's why you were like how you were on my radar. <laughs> um, they recently broke up, which sucks. And then, you know, just a couple of, and another band broke up. And then we have one that just, you know, we weren't really aligned very well. And mm. we just kind of parted ways this year. But yeah, we're looking to expand a little bit. I think we have a few in mind that we're going to be signing soon. It's awesome. Rad. So what are some of the biggest challenges um, that, you fa that you're facing working uh, in the music industry? What'd you say? Well, kind of like what we were just talking about, it can be so disheartening when you put so much into something and something you believe in so much and no one gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's the toughest part of the music business. And, you know, like I said, also, we're not making any money here. We're doing this because we love to do this. So I at least want people to notice like all this work that we put in <laughs> and not just us, but I mean, the musicians as well, they, you know, they do put up a lot of money for the recording sessions and their travel expenses and all that. And it just, I know it's part of the process, but it sucks when you're playing to an empty room or, you know, you sell three albums. You know, we had um, this group of uh, musicians a few nights ago and mm -hmm. I didn't even know that, but they were talking about like paying to perform. What, did you hear, did you catch that Jordan? They were talking about paying to open for like local performers who yeah. still, who still only have a handful of people there and they're paying to, to participate in that. And then they were talking about like, you know, recording fees and studio fees and, you know, I was just like, it hit me all of a sudden how all of it has just become so expensive. Yeah. Pay to play. I mean, it's something I've always heard of that never really had witnessed. And I would think if you're paying to play, it would be like to open for, you know, someone who's going to bring an audience and at least get you the exposure. But yeah, for just like local musicians, that's, and then also the venues are taking so much of your um, mm -hmm. your merch, a cut of your merch that you're, you know, not making anything. That's really the only way to monetize your band for a band, like for bands our size bands. Um, and when, you know, they have all those expenses, it's just, I'm grateful that they keep doing it, but I don't know that I would be able to. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. So shout out to Ventura Music Hall because they're actually letting artists keep a hundred percent of their merchandise. Yeah. Oh, right. That. That's awesome. Yeah, it's super cool because to your point, Amy, there are just tons of music venues out there that just take almost everything from artists and musicians. And it's yeah, it's like one of those like dark, sad realities of capitalism's yeah. influence on the industry. Well, but here's a free drink for you. You know, we're gonna take everything you made, but <laughs> have one watered down drink. <laughs> it's the equivalent of your boss throwing you a pizza party instead of giving you a raise. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
So what do you think are some of the biggest misunderstandings or misinterpretations um, within the realm of punk rock? Oh, there are so many that drive me crazy. Like so many people that don't, and you know, these are usually people that I meet outside of the punk scene, but will look at me and be like, well, you don't look like a punk. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> my uniform's at the dry cleaner today. Like, I don't know what you want. I look like me. This is just how I look. Um, that drives me crazy. That people think that it's like, you have to dress a certain way or be rude or loud or, you know, um, I'm not really a big fan of the sex pistols personally. I feel like a lot of people kind of pictured that when they picture punk. Um, and then even worse are the people who are in the scene who think that you're not punk enough because you don't, you know, do this or that. We get that a lot with punk books. I get in a lot of arguments on social media with people because and i do understand where it would seem like kind of a sellout thing that we're doing but it's not at all we're working with small bands we're paying them they're meeting you know new fans and we're putting their music into the hands of new fans um we're not making any money it's really not that's not at all our intention or what it's working out to be either right you're knowingly leaving thousands if not millions of dollars on the table yeah <laughs> so that you don't have to be a sellout so yeah right that's, yeah that's really interesting How yeah do you... and it's still it's just three of us you know we one of us hand packs the stuff one of us you know d does all the financials and then i do the purchasing it's not like we're a big corporation mm -hmm. it's just three girls who love the music <laughs> <laughs> which is another reason why we have you on the show <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How do you see the music industry evolving currently and in the near future? Um, I mean, unfortunately, I kind of see like, I don't see how there's not going to be a disconnect, an ongoing disconnect. Um, just because, you know, I think, and not this isn't necessarily a problem within the punk realm, but music in general, there's just so much like auto tune and just not real, like not, not people playing guitars on their tracks. It's just a, you know, machine that makes the sounds and people aren't drumming. And, um, I read a story the other day about this, uh, producer in Jamaica in the fifties and he used to go out, he had this like party bus that he made and he would put like a portable DJ booth in it and he would just go out and have street parties um and then he would kind of like use that for marketing um like market research to base what records he was going to press on what tracks were the most popular and i read that and i was like that's so awesome like nothing's ever really going to be like that again that's not how we market things i wish it was but yeah i see that kind of all evolving and changing and i mean really there's no other choice but to roll with it <laughs> So do you, uh, is there a, like a disconnect between the people who, I mean, you were just talking about, um, whether there was a disconnect on some issues, but between, uh, like the management of music as opposed to the musicians sign under the label themselves, do you see a disconnect there? And if so, uh, if, well, go ahead, go ahead. I'll, I'll do no. the second part and just once you okay. <laughs> um, 
I think there is potential for that. Absolutely. Especially when you are working with bigger bands and bigger managers, I think it's, it becomes a lot about the money. Um, one of the classes I'm taking right now is artist management and we're kind of going over contracts and stuff right now. And it's funny because everything that I'm seeing, like that I should be charging for, we're just like, yeah, no, we'll do that. <laughs> um, wow. Which maybe is why we don't make any money. But um, I think also a big thing is that you have to like have a philosophical conversation with your artists and your manager before. I think that has to take place before anything signed. Um, because you just never know who you're working with. Um, kind of an off topic example, but I was talking to this kid yesterday that I've known for about a year, just casual friend. I didn't know well, but I thought I knew him well enough. Um, and out of nowhere, he just said, you know what I really hate are new Disney movies. And I was like, oh, that's a weird take for an almost 30 year old man. Why? <laughs> and he was like, the gays and the colored people. And I was kind of waiting for like a just kidding, like this is a shitty joke, but oh, geez. And, I was like, oh. and then he said, well, I'm part Mexican and I don't care if all the actors are white. And so I was like, so you think that all the actors should be like heterosexual and white? <laughs> like you don't think that people want to see people like themselves represented? Like that's totally fair. And then he said um, that he might have kids one day and he doesn't want them growing up in a world where there are gay and colored people, but he didn't use those terms. He used words that I'm not going to use. Um, oh he doesn't God. want them growing up seeing that. Wow. So that, to me, like this is somebody I had no idea was a total piece of shit. <laughs> and I know that that's kind of like not really what you asked, but I think if you don't have those conversations with people right out, like if he said something like that to me a year ago, I would have, you know, all right, get the fuck out of here. Um, and I really, I was flabbergasted yesterday. I just said, ew, I got to go. And then I blocked them. But when you're in a contractual agreement with somebody, you know, an artist and management business mm -hmm. agreement, you can't always do that. So you have to know who you're getting into bed with before you hop in. Yeah. So that was the, that was the second part of the question actually is what do you <laughs> think can be done? <laughs> <laughs> and you're kind of, and uh, what can you what can be done to alleviate it and or is it just a negative byproduct because I mean you're talking about like when you're in a, I mean especially in this country if you get into a contract with somebody you're in the contract with them there is yeah you, know, you are you are stuck so I mean what is that what you see like you know have like getting to know people more beforehand mm -hmm. or or what do you, what do you see being you know, the solution to that. I mean, fortunately, I haven't seen it personally, but I do think that that's, you know, I do think that that is an issue. Um, and I think that there are probably well-matched artists and managers who are both in it for the money. Um, but I think that needs to, everything needs to be very well established and your contracts need to be combed through before anything's signed. I think that's really the only way to alleviate it is to know exactly who you're working with. And like our contracts are all open-ended. So the artist or us or we can end it at any time. Um, you know, I don't want to ever have to end someone's contract, but but if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. You know? Sure. 
Heather, did you want to ask the last question or you want me to take it? You can go ahead. Okay. More and more artists have taken to music as a venue for putting out another statement, a lot of times political, sometimes regarding racism, religion, etc. Are you seeing this increase recently with artists you work with? And can you provide some concrete examples? Uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, a lot of our artists are a little more on the poppy side, but um, last point had a few um, songs on a broken road, their last album that, you know, were a little more political um, personal crisis uh is another is one of the bands that broke up but before they did and we kind of just had a one and done deal with them we just put out the one album it was called wasted days and that was a really great album and they had a couple like lyric videos that were just you know there was one about like the insurrection and um i can't remember what the other one was but the, it's it's a great album and it gets into a lot of those topics nice so are they, yeah. so are you seeing like, are the artists that you're working with, are they all left-leaning or are you seeing like a mix or you don't know, you know what I mean? Cause I, I it's hard to gauge to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess I just kind of assumed they think like I do because we all get along and nothing has come up. That's made me go like, Whoa, you fucking suck. But <laughs> you know, I don't know. We don't really discuss it that much. <laughs> I just assume that, and you know, I, I kind of like, not that I care, you know, I don't care what you're registered to vote as, just like, don't be a shitty person and mm -hmm. don't have views that are harmful to other people and live and let live. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. Yeah. So as long as they kind of stick to that, I guess I don't really care which way they lean. You know, just don't, just don't be an asshole. That's all that there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well said. So where can people find you on social media and where can they find your record labels and what future projects do any of your musicians <laughs> under the label have going on that you're aware of? Um, we have Amy Gabba's in the studio. Um, I think City Escape Artists might be working on something. Idle Minds are working on something. They actually, they're from Maryland, but they might be coming up here to Northern California to record um paperback tragedy is in the writing phase and curse words curse words i think have something coming out soon sorry i keep i always like lose track of who we have still <laughs> um that's okay and as far as social media we're on facebook instagram for all the businesses um instagram handles are allegedly records um, punk box rocks, which is R O X. Um, and beyond the pit punk and then Facebook are basically the same. Cool. And then we're, we're on TikTok, but I don't always mean to those. I kind of forget about it. <laughs> yeah, it definitely happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> as always the 805 uncensored is on social media. We're on TikTok at 805 uncensored pod. We're on YouTube at 805 Uncensored Podcast. We are on Instagram at 805 Uncensored Pod. If you have any comments, questions, guest ideas, or episode suggestions, go ahead and shoot us an email, 805uncensored at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. And once again, this was Amy Brady. Bye. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good night. Bye. You have too. a good one.